Thanks, Jesus, for the opportunity, Lord, to give it, that you gave us, Lord, to praise you and to love on you, Lord, with songs and worship, Lord Jesus, and to pour out our emotions, Lord, and, and show you how appreciative we are of all that you've done for us, Lord, and help us, Lord, to be those people, Lord, that truly love you, Lord, and do your will and do your commandments, Jesus, and follow the ways uh, of the truth and the life, Lord Jesus. And we'd like to ask you, Lord, also for the tithes and the offerings, Lord, to multiply them, Lord, for the vision, Lord, for all the things needed, Lord Jesus, for this church to continue promoting your name, Lord, your love and, and your revelation of the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And also, too, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to, just to help us now remove all the distractions, Lord, that we have, uh, that we've been dealing with throughout the day, Lord, throughout the week, Lord, whatever problems that we might be going through, Lord, that we just surrender them all to you, Lord, give them to you, Lord, and trust, Lord, that you have everything, Lord, in control, and everything is happening exactly the way you want it, Jesus, and that we may just rejoice in your word, Jesus, and take it, Lord, and apply it to our lives immediately, Lord. We ask this all in your name, we give you thanks, Jesus. Amen. God bless you, hermanos. I'm going to ask Brother Gabriel to pass up, and let's continue praising God with attention to his precious word. Amen. Que Dios los bendiga mucho, hermanos. Amen. God bless everyone this evening, brother and sister. You may be seated. God bless the group this evening. You know, brothers and sisters, uh, I believe it was last week I asked uh, how we were coming in here and how we were seeing God. Um, how our, I want to say interpretation or how our visualization is of God in, our, in moments in our lives. Uh, question I have for you today is um, what's weighing on your heart? You know, because the first one is uh, how we see in God and understanding God's role in our lives. Uh, this question right here is what's weighing on your heart? Because normally what weighs on your heart is what's going to dictate uh, effort, going dicta- to dictate passion, going to dictate emotions. Um, it's going to exhaust you. It's going to re- renew you. Whatever's weighing on your heart, if, if not much is weighing on your heart, then there's a lot of energy. If there's a lot weighing on your heart, then there's less energy. If there's confusion in your heart, then there's less energy. Because your heart's overly working things. And only you can answer the question of what is weighing on your heart. Only you can ask the question. Now, the only one that knows the answer, if you're being truthful, is God. And there, there, there's, power, there's power in moments that God gives us opportunities that he gives us to acknowledge if we acknowledge him. There's special moments that happen in our lives that shows God that we believe he's God. There's things that we go through, struggles that we go through, struggles that we've experienced that if we just would have recognized God in the moment, then the solution would have been started at that moment. But the struggle, the problem, the, the, the difficulty is that one of the things that is the most dangerous thing in our lives, our heart is what gets involved, is what separates us from God's will. How many of you is your heart separating you from God's will?
The worst state that we could be in is not understanding the state we are in. That's where you think everything is as it should be and can't be anything else. That's dangerous. That's one of those ones where I need to get a second opinion moments because my opinion has still got me in a place that's not changing. I love God because God, as we've studied, is wisdom. God has the power to give us understanding. We start to see where wisdom is birthed in us and understanding becomes fruitful with decisions that we start to make in our lives. It's convicting at some, sometimes when we're here in church and we hear something and something is said and, and it pricks our hearts and, and we begin to think like, you know, God, I mean, is that really what you're asking of me? But yet our heart is pricked for a reason. Because there's some void, there's some confusion there, there's some emptiness there that is not being filled in our lives. The title of tonight's message is The Battle for the Heart, amen? Um, this message <clears throat> was inspired a long time ago, and I remember at the old church, I brought a message, I even brought the title, and, and it was funny, you know, it was kind of confusing in the message, but in the title, but the message was even more confusing. I was young, I was very young. I wasn't even married yet, I think, when I brought this message, but it was called Two Kings, One Throne. Right? And I brought this message during Christmas, right? And, you know, God had revealed to me back then the battle that Jesus had before he came here with King Herod. And how that battle made sense. I want to read a little bit. As a matter of fact, why don't we start there in Matthew 7? I believe it was, uh, I believe it was Matthew 7, right? Matthew 2, 7. God bless the kids. I believe the youth can, I don't know if the youth had plans on doing stuff, but they can stay here. I don't know. They see Lorenzo if uh, ask him, but he can come in here if he's got something for the youth too. But if we could turn there to Matthew uh, 2, 7, and we read here, Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, equipped of them diligently, what time the what? The star appeared. What time the star appeared? Verse uh, 8. And he sent to them to Bethlehem and said, go and search di diligently for the young child. And we have, when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. So, I, I, you know, this, this, this story, the story is so impactful, but we get lost on wise men gifts and, and, you know, the scene, the nativity scene. That we don't see how powerful this struggle was at the very beginning of when our solution was going to enter into the world, the battle that was already happening here. And, 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 and look at how, look at how the enemy was trying to 
play a role here and convince all those around him what his real, what his intention could be. Oh, let me know. Yeah, it's exciting. But now, now, King Herod was an interesting fellow. Anybody know about King Herod? Anybody done any research about King Herod? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody out there? Is this thing working? King Herod, he was a king that feared everyone. He came from Roman upbringing. He was also a person that, he was very cunning, you know. If somebody in Rome had an opportunity to succeed somebody or pass somebody, he would go on their side. God bless Lorenzo. I have the youth. It looks, I see Lorenzo moving some stuff over there. I don't know if he needed help. You know, we've got a couple of youth members. If you guys want to go to the fellowship hall. So I'm carrying some things. I know. Let's pray for the youth, brothers and sisters. They're, they're starting to gather some things uh, uh, for an event they're going to do. Let's also uh, um, get with Rosa for deeds that are there in her family. Uh, there was a list that we were, was shared. Uh, we can start planning how to support that. Amen. And I'm not sure if Donna and Renee, if there's any needs that are there also, um, but please give us an opportunity. We still have some things from the hurricane um, that are there, blankets and pillows, uh, some stuff that can be offered, and also some children things uh, that we can look at tonight. So let's keep on praying, brothers and sisters. So King Herod, um, he was an interesting uh, leader or person. He always feared conspiracy. <coughs> he executed his wife. As he thought he was conspiring against him. And that's pretty powerful. I mean, regardless of what error it is, but it's just a fear that, I mean, he had, he had three sons that he executed because he feared. So, you know, I mean, another wife he had, he executed and his mother-in-law too, which everybody, you know, I'm not going to go down that joke because my mother-in-law's in here. That's called constraint or refraining myself from stepping into something. So thank you, Brother Raul, for looking at me. He gave me that look like, watch it, brother. But he had a fear, a fear. And, 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 and that person didn't change just because they said, hey, go down to Israel and there's people there that... We want you to rule over them because now the Romans were branching out in their empires. And so he still came with that fear. And so when Herod found out that, that the king of the Jews, which he was the king of the Jews, was coming, he goes into uh-oh mode. I need to start thinking about what's happening here. We keep on reading right here. It says, so he sent them to worship him also. Verse 9. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 11. 
And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their, opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and mirror. Verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream. So listen, brothers and sisters, sometimes we're so worried about the situation we're in and the conspiracy and we get so afraid of what's going on, what's happening, that we forget that we have a God. Listen to what I'm saying because I've experienced it and I'm going to speak with authority tonight because I need you to understand this. We have a God that works in dreams you ain't got it you have no idea what I'm talking about and we see here that God said I know you were directed by your king to come and once you found this to come back but I'm going to stop you because I have the power when your eyes close and your brain stops thinking and no man can reach you no situation can reach you because you're asleep you're asleep no matter what somebody told you you're asleep God in control and I love that I mean that's to me I just get excited with that and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod they departed into their own country another way and when they departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy. What I find interesting about this, I was reading this and I've read this before. And, 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 and God just starts, you know, telling me, really, Egypt? Why would you send him back to where I brought the people out of? It's just me thinking. I have crazy conversations. See, you guys, if you just read it and it's just like, but see, I have a conversation. I'm like, what? There's got to be some power behind that. Verse 14. When he arose, he took the child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt, 15. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. <clears throat> then Herod, when he had saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wrath. He had wrath, right? He, he was just wroth and sent forth and slew. Listen to this knee-jerk reaction. So, so listen, brothers and sisters. You got to say this. And you got to be understanding that. You might not understand it, but you got to say this. There might be casualties for me being saved. Hear it again. There might be casualties for me being saved. Ask God for wisdom in this. 
there might be casualties for me being saved. You see, we, we want to paint the picture. We want to make it beautiful. And we, we want to think everything, you know, everybody gets saved today on the Gabriel Romero TV show. You get saved. You get saved. You get saved. Price to being saved. And it's a great price that Jesus paid. And there might be casualties to us being saved. And this is a very powerful statement because we see the enemy just losing it, right? And he, what does he do? He, he kills all the children in, uh, that were in Bethlehem. And in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had di- diligently inquired of the wise men. This is horrible. There's mothers here. You imagine somebody knocking on your door and taking your child from you all because he was afraid of a child there's power in this fear that he had knowing that there was truth behind it keep on reading here then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying 18 In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children that would not be comforted because they are not. Verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. 20 saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. 21. And he rose, arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. You see here a very difficult time preparing the way of our Jesus to enter his purpose his purpose he knew what his purpose was there was much suffering in preparing this way there's so many people that were involved in it from wise men fearing their life to many children dying and Joseph and Mary Nobody knows. You can't. It doesn't show here that they were okay during that time and didn't fear anything and acclimated okay in Egypt. It was a difficult time. But God was trying the hearts of everyone involved. And we see here in Hebrews 4.12, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is quick and powerful. You can say amen at any of the times you agree that. It's just, it's simple. It's pretty simple. I mean, I, I, mean, I'm, I don't think I gave any kind of rough equation there or any kind of philosophy that's confusing there. It's, it was simple 
For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow. And is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So brothers and sisters, there's times that we struggle. We struggle. We struggle with our hearts. Am I the only one that struggles with my heart? What is to struggle with my heart? My thoughts start to control me. My feelings start to control me. I mean, have you ever been down a slide, a slippery slide of your heart taking you on a ride? Is it just me? Is it just me that looks and said, how did I end up here? How did I say all these things? How did this happen? And we get to a point where we, 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 we can't understand it. But we weren't meant to. And our problem is, is that we try to understand it, and that's where the web, that's where the web of lies and struggles happen in our lives because we just start to tangle ourselves thinking we understand our hearts. We see here that it's God who knows our heart and the intent of our heart. When, when we can get out of our, out of our, out of our minds sometimes, you know, God was talking to me about a message and, 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 and the message was, I don't know if you know people, if you know people that are, are, are always sarcastically judging. You know anybody like that? Come on. No? You guys got to know one person that's like that. Is it because we're not saying it? Might be us, huh? We don't even give the benefit of the doubt to God doing something in them. Like we forgot what God did in us. Like we lose focus that what God did in me, can, he can do in others. I started thinking of that. Where does that derive from? Where is that birth? And, and sometimes that's, that's something that you're, 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 you're brought up in. That's something that, that, that's just, I mean, I'm literally in conversations with someone and I say something and a comment's not even, it didn't even get a chance to reach. It didn't even get a chance to land in their mind. And there's already a response that's negative. And there's a word for it, and, I, and God had given me the word, and, 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 and it's not pessimistic. It's, it's, it, there's another word for it that, that 
condescending. I didn't mean to shout in front of Jennifer. How many of y'all know somebody condescending? No? That's a problem there. See, call it naive, call it whatever it is, but on my part, I honestly want to look at people as opportunity for God. It could be a calling that God has given me in ministry, but I don't want to look at the past. I don't want to look at the present. I want to look at the future. And when you choose to look at the present and start to assume the past, It's condescending. It's not even giving God an opportunity to show up to a prayer that you could have. And it's dangerous because it's kind of like you're creating a curse in you and your family. Because I believe, you know, and I always like to think of analogies or, or how it could be, you know, you know, God's walking around in the neighborhood and all of a sudden he says, I want to come into this house. And then he says, I can't. I have a desire to go into this house, but I can't. And why do I think of that? Because you see examples in the Bible where they sacrifice a lamb so death can't enter. We see in the Bible where God says, I'm at the door, I'm knocking. And yet our minds, our hearts are deceived to a point that we can't see. We're not progressing his kingdom. And, and, and we've got to question this in us. Is what am I doing to help those immediately close to me? Am I giving God an opportunity to reach them or am I being condescending or am I being pessimistic and not allowing my faith to ignite something start thinking about you know how how powerful this heart is in this example of a king wanting to kill a child Because he had heard of the customs of the Messiah returning, the king of the Jews. And there was only one throne where at the time two kings were in the country. And we turn to Jeremiah 17, 9. I've always loved this verse. Remember the first time I heard it here in the church? It's powerful. It has a lot of revelation if we ask God for wisdom and understanding in it. The heart is deceitful above all things. How many can agree to that? 
Oh, man, how many really can it Because sometimes we think it's our neighbor. Sometimes we think it's a family member. Sometimes we think it's a church member. Sometimes we think it's... And we don't understand that the heart is desperate. When you're desperate, you can only imagine how wicked it's going to be. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? We read in Hebrews, the word is like a double-edged sword that penetrates deep down. What's beautiful about the word of God, when we give the opportunity of the word of God to, to reach us in, in, in messages here in service, and we come here in our hearts prepared, and, and it's like, it's kind of like, you know, okay, uh, Sister Rosa, we're taking you uh, back. You're going to see the surgeon now. Uh, we're going to give you something to relax you, uh, but your, the anesthesia is going to come on, and it's going to let you know. But we're, just to let you know, you know, we're going to have your heart on a table. Sounds horrible, doesn't it? But if she was going in there, heart surgery, heart transplant, there's reality to it. Some of us, we come to church, and our heart is the thing that's needed the most to be seen, and it's the thing that we hide. We hide it with, 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 with stone. We hide it with no emotion. We hide it with no praise. We hide it with no revelation of acceptance we hide it with no demand of wisdom we just hide it we hide it because if we expose it then we have a chance that it can get pricked but we see here who can know it we know who can know it right verse 10 i the lord search the heart How many of y'all just with that word right there can calm a lot of problems you got going on in your life? I, I, I'm laughing like I'm in a loony bin and I'm padded up in the walls as I hit my head because of all the times I was thinking that I'm going to figure out why Brother Carlos didn't come and give me a hug this service or why my wife is acting like this. It's craziness. It, it, it's the Lord... It's the Lord that's in individuals. It's the Lord that's working in individuals. It's the Lord that works in dreams. It's not you. It's God that's going to search the heart and try the reins. Now, when I heard reins, I mean, the only thing I think of reins is a horse, right? So a horse, do you get on a horse if you don't know where that horse is going? Do you get on that horse if it's tamed? If it's not tamed, I'm sorry? It's not broken? No, you don't, not unless you know how to do that. And yet, a lot of us, we follow our heart. We get on our heart. We get on our thoughts and it takes us down paths that hurt us because God has not had the opportunity to try it, to assess it, 
to control it. And here comes the problem again. Here comes the problem again. Here comes the confusion. Here comes the same petition. Here comes the same, uh, it's Groundhog Day all again. Because wisdom was here and none of us took it. None of us retained it. Wisdom was here. It spoke to us. It told us this is the problem is that you're, you're, you're too much in your heart and not get, get, giving God, uh, exposing it to God to control it, to change it, to shape it, to clean it. Too much in our mind and our opinion. And we're not letting God get to the place that if he can get to it, he can guide us to where we need to be. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways. Listen, this verse right here, I, I, need, I need somebody to write this down. I need somebody to write this down that struggles with people. This, this verse right here, if you struggle with people, if you're just, you're, you're too much in your head and you're just like, oh, so-and-so don't like me. Oh, I got to go fix that. Oh, so-and-so, oh, I got to go do that. Oh, I'm trying to fix everybody's opinion on me. Some of us are like that. Oh, you know, uh, 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 Brother Carlos, uh, I wanted to make sure, you know, Brother, I'm sorry this, I'm sorry this, 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 this. Brother Carlos is like looking at me all weird, like, okay. And I was thinking that that was, my heart was telling me that's, Carlos got to be thinking that about me because that's what I would think about me. But Carlos is like, man, you're hard on yourself. But this is the path that our heart takes us through is we give it too much control. But God takes the control and begins to guide it. And when God starts to guide it, opportunities aren't wasted because he's taking you down a path where you're supposed to meet objectives in your life. Are you meeting objectives in your life? Are you encountering what God has called your purpose to be? Because you're not if you're guiding your heart. You're not if you're if you're if you're lost in your heart. We see here. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruits of his doing. Now see, brothers, if we read this, we read at the beginning, verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things. And then we read here in 10, stop listening to your heart and let me do my job, God says. Let me be what justice and righteousness and vengeance is. Let me be the nightmare. To free, or the dream that comes to convince. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about because you ain't experienced it. But I'm convicted on it because I see how God works in a mighty way. And my trust is God, I've experienced that, so I'm bought in. Ain't nobody going to convince me different. But we can be free. You can be free. 
You could be free tonight. You could be free from trying to be a people pleaser. And start letting God be pleased by our approach, our willingness to say, God, here it is. Here it is. Here's my heart. Here's my heart, God. It's exposed. It's not hidden. Change it, transform it. Change it, take it, God. You know, you know the mess it is. You know I'm too much in it. I'm too much thinking, what is so-and-so thinking about me? I didn't do this. Or what is so-and-so thinking about me? I didn't do this. We're too much in a place that he should control. If we can only give him the control. We, my family and I, we watch interesting TV shows. Sometimes I, I ask myself, why? And why do we watch, you know, a scenario where somebody's trying to help somebody start a business? And you see the struggles with people just not wanting it. They don't want the help. I mean, the help's there. I mean, we watch this show and this guy comes in and, he, and he'll assess the business, they can offer to help the business to be a partner and then bring a team to help. And yet there's people that will sabotage it. Listen to that. You're about to go broke in your business. Somebody comes and says, we want to help you because we love you, the, the company. We want to help your business. Here you, here you go. I'm making an offer. I'm going to bring a team in. It's what I'm bringing in. And then the person sabotages it, the person that you're trying to help. What in the world? And, and, and I wrote down this, this saying someone said, and now I'm going to pull it up real quick because I think it's just smart. You know, again, I believe that God uses people to speak to us. Amen. How many of you believe that God uses people to speak to us? Come on now. I hope you believe that. Five types of people that you can't help. Somebody say amen. Who needs to hear this tonight? I'm not saying for you because sometimes our heart, we get so lost, right? And you know, I'm, I'm going to help this person. I'm committed to helping it. And there's five types of people that you can't help. You want to hear them? Some of you don't want to hear him because your heart's telling you, don't listen to Brother Cave. Don't give up on what you're doing. Trust in God. Look at you. I know you. Your hearts. Those who do not know what they need help in. Oh, I'm sorry. Those who don't know that they need help. We talked about that, right? How can you not help somebody that doesn't know they need help? They're going to recognize it, right? You can say amen. I know it's not the word of God, but there's some truth to it. To those that know they need help, but don't want it. 
Right now in our minds, we're thinking of people that are, that are so, <laughs> that are in our hearts. Who's thinking of people in their hearts, right? Some of us are so lost in some thoughts of our, you know, family members, whatever it is, coworkers, whatever it is that's just right going on here. Three, those who don't want it from you. We talked about that one, right? I've been saying it all this time. As soon as the nurse walks in when they're in the hospital bed and they say it, it's like, oh. They didn't want it from you. Accept it. For those who are not ready for it. How can they not be ready for it, right? I'm saying it because I think they're, no. God knows when people are ready. All we can do is be positive and be ready for when they're ready. Those who want help. Oh, I like this one. Oh, man. Some of those, they hit me because I was thinking about my life. Those that want help but want it their way, like Burger King. My wife owes me Burger King tonight. I mean, I mean, honestly, we think about these scenarios, we think about these situations, and there's some truth to that. And we need to be free in knowing that because we keep on going and our heart keeps on being convicted and emotional and a wreck. And there's some truth to that. There ain't nothing you can do. And you think, man, you you think you're greater than God, but God says, that's that's a beautiful thing. There's, There's a beauty to it and there's a curse to it. But the beauty side of it that we see is that God gives men free what? Ill. When somebody has free will, they have the ability to decide. Our power in the free will is now that we've understood that and we've given it to him. We say, God, we give you our lives. There's power he gives to us because we recognize him as our mighty God. And we figured something out that small, 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 small group has figured this out that you and you alone know my heart and can control it and can put measures to change it now that I've acknowledged you somebody that doesn't acknowledge God God can't change their heart God can bring trials, tribulations, all these things and but if they're they just get destroyed by it. But somebody that acknowledges God, that's why there's power in people that have known and heard God and at one time believed God. There's something inside of them that it is a terrible thing to fall in the hands of a living God. It starts to potter house, shape them. And we, brothers and sisters, have got to come here freely saying, God, I can't be bringing these weights on my life here. Um, It's not fair to you, Jesus. It's not fair to you, God. I come here and I'm so wrapped up in my heart, so lost in my mind. I'm not allowing your word 
to reach me. I'm not allowing you to get here because my heart's got me already somewhere else. You know, we've had situations where people have devised plans against us. I'm not only talking about in the church, I'm talking about in work, everything. And it's a struggle, just like it is for y'all when, that you feel that. What's beautiful is when you just step back and say, God, I mean, we believe you, Jesus. We trust in you right now. We know, Jesus, that you're going to show us if we're wrong in this. We accept your correction. If this is part of your correction, is it's because there's sin in me, and I'm going through this because of sin in me. If it's a test of my faith, help me. But it's you. It's you that has the power to do this. If you're trying to show me, it's me that needs to see it to accept this and to start to transition the opposite way than I was headed. Because brothers and sisters, when it says it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living God, it means that whatever you do, God is going to course correct you. If you're headed down a wrong path, if your heart is leading you and the heart is taking off and you haven't given God the ability to rein it in and it's taking you down heartbreak hotel again. Oh. Oh man, I don't know why an Elvis term came to, yeah. Here we go again. Here we go again. Pain city. Because my heart, I took the reins from God. I said, I need to take this heart now where I need it to go. Because you're just taking too long. We don't literally say that, right? Because we're religious. But we get on it and we start, I got to go over here. I know God, I know, I know, you know, why am I like an old jitterbug guy there? <laughs> I, I know, I know the word's been saying that I don't need to do this, but my heart's telling me I need to. I'm going to go down that path. And God was taking you down a path that you were so close to something. Oh, man. Horrible. You know, you know, we can't remember the birthing process. Why? Because it said it was so painful that we would die. And God's special, right? God bless Sister Karina. You know, beautiful baby. God bless Brother Oscar. Congratulations, brother. More diapers. <laughs> More prayer, too, for sleep at night. But thank God we cannot remember all the mistakes. And thank God we can't see what we missed. Ooh, oh, could you imagine that? How devastating that would be. Could you imagine that? You know, I, my, I took my heart this way and then God shows and reveals to you. Right here would have been, you would have eliminated 15 years. Right here you would have had it. It was just right there. Literally when you grab the reins that next week, it would destroy us. And yet, God erases these memories and says, look, my mercy is new every day. 
knowing that you see that sun, your eyes open up, you thank God. First of all, God, I thank you for your mercy because it's new today and I needed it because this week has been hell. I needed it, God, because I ain't been right this week, but I know you still got, you know, you still giving me time to make it right because the day is new. Your mercy is new. You know, we got to start talking to ourselves a little crazy. If we know how powerful our God is, yet we start, we wake up in our days and thinking, it stinks so bad. I was so bad this week. The sun rose up. So did God's mercy. Grab it. Have the wisdom that he's given us. So you recognize what you did. Don't do it. Eliminate the problem. A lot of the times our heart is what starts the problem. Our heart leads us into the problem. Psalms 51, 17. Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. What? A broken and contrite heart? Oh, God, thou will not despise. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. So, so to me, to me, our spirit, our spirit, our spirit, our spirit, we're not only talking about spiritualness here. We're talking about our spirit, our life, our life, our what keeps us going. If it ain't broken to a point where God can fix it. Listen to what I'm saying here because some of us think we got it in control when it's not in control. God's waiting for you to admit it's broken. I said this before in the past. God can't fix what you what? Forgot. What you fake. How you doing, brother? Oh, it's good. Hallelujah. Get a close-up of, oh, he's not even on me, right? Who's got the, who's got the smile that you can just, you can, it don't matter how you day. Come on, who's got this? Come on, you got a smile? You got a smile? You, you just yelled at your kid here. Oh, there's a close-up right there. That's scary. That's a scary close-up. How many of you got this? Huh? Oh, there you go. That's even better. So how many of y'all listen to this? You're yelling at your kid in public, right? All good people here. Look at all these people here. Where's my pizza? You're yelling at your kid. and You see somebody that you know, and then you just have that smile. Who's got the smile? Who's got the smile? You're biting something, but. Yeah? You guys got it? I don't know if Kevin's pointing at Andrea or Karen. I threw that one in there for him. That's a mulligan. But you got that smile, right? That It's a safety net. Oh, we on fire. We on fire. We, are, we angry. We, it's a person, you know, my wife and I, we've had this one right here. I'm right here. You know, get a close up on her. Ah. We've had it where you, either one of us are, we're angry, right? We're angry. 
oh, you guys are, oh, brother, brother, are you angry, brother? Brother, you be bringing the word, brother, because you're angry with your wife? I want to be real here. And whoever's the angrier one, when they have to smile, the other person's thinking, <laughs> he ain't happy right now, he ain't happy right now. We know it, right? Because it ain't real. But it's got to get fixed. It's got to get fixed because God has to get to what's not fake to fix it. And when we expose it and we say, God, it enhance my heart. My heart, I'm sentimental. My heart, you know, we, we use so many, we use so many uh, given terms in life, you know. Well, I struggle from this form of depression because I was in my previous marriage or my previous, when I was raised in my family and I had this type of, you know, this type of abuse. Who is your God? Who is your God? Your God has erased all that when he called your name the day you were baptized, the day you accepted him in your life. He gave you a new name. You will not be called Jacob anymore. You will be called Israel. And you see, brothers and sisters, we're too stuck on the Jacob. I had a conversation this week and I said, there's different paths that we go through. Some of us go through a Jacob path. Path. And some of us might go through a David path. Those are two different paths. But yet, they still had an outcome. It was God's will. Jacob fought for it. David was anointed it. There's two paths. If you're, down, if you're going down a Jacob path and you're just wondering, man, why the struggle, all this stuff, fight. Fight that angel for your blessing. Fight him till he knows your name and he asks you who you are. Fight! Because you don't know what it is until you have to fight. You don't know what, what it's going to take until you have to fight for your blessing. Y los valientes lo rebatan. Take it by force. God loves the fight in us. God, 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 I feel like you're not listening to me. God, God, I feel like you're not listening to me. God, God, I need you to listen to me. God, God, listen to me. God, why can't you have a conversation? Is God like that? And then when you're done, say, now God, I'm prepared to listen to you. I just needed you to know that I have fight in me still. And whatever you tell me, whatever you guide me in, I'm going to do. Oh, man. Oh, he's not a man to lie. God, you said you would bless me, God. You said you would bless me, Jesus. Jesus, you said you would bless me. Who are you? Who are you? That I feel your hip dislodged and I can feel the inside of your hip. 
What is your name? He told Jacob. Oh, Jesus, do we have some fight in us? Or is it too routine? It's too routine. It's too routine. It's too consistent. It's too routine. Oh, God's looking for fight. Oh, we got to direct our energy that our heart's taking and misleading us in to this fight. Oh, we spend too much time here thinking of what everybody's thinking. Who cares what people are thinking? I don't care if I'm praising God here and I don't care if I start praising God looking at you just like that brother was on Sunday. But we lose it when we walk in and we say like, Oh, man, people are going to know. People are going to know that it's not real. People are going to know I'm not real. Oh, person we got to think of is God knowing what he knows. Amen. We're not hiding anything to him. Help us, God. Give us wisdom. Give us the understanding, Lord. Give us the understanding to see, Lord, your will. I, I've always loved this verse because, you know, I, I, I don't want to lie, brothers and sisters. I'm right here at the pulpit. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a, I like superheroes. I, I like, I like Spider-Man. I like Superman. See, I don't get so lost in, in what it is. I just I like the story of it. I think it's neat, you know. And I always, you know, I always think of the analogies that every superhero has what? Huh? Weakness. What an awesome weakness for God, huh? Is you coming with a heart that's willing to change and a spirit that's willing to be transformed. Thank you, Lord. I mean, come on. I mean, it'd have been totally different. That's the one thing I cannot. I mean, let's put that verse back up there, brothers, brother Anthony. How does that verse say it in Spanish? Los sacrificios de Dios son el espíritu quebrantado al corazón, corazón contrito y humillado. No despreciarás tu oh Dios. You will not despise this. This, is, this means that, this means that if you're going through something, you acknowledge what you, which, why you went through it. That's what we just talked about right now, brothers and sisters. You know, we got to ask ourselves those two things. We got to ask, God, God, is this because of sin that I'm going through this? Or is this because you're testing me? Because it's because you're testing me. If it's because of a sin, forgive me. I acknowledge it. I believe he's not going to despise it. See, but we get so, is it because of sin? Oh, you ain't going to forgive me again, are you, God? Your mercies aren't new every day, are you, God? Are they, God? And we begin to doubt. We begin to doubt his word. When we realize that it's him testing us, then we can say what? What can you say if God's testing you? 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 Oh, you better ask wisdom. Is it God's testing you? What can you say? You're never going to give me more than I can. Huh? I can't hear you. I'm telling you. 
This is where you cleave onto wisdom. You cleave onto understanding because God has given you this. And you start to say, okay, I'm going through this. And, I, and I've analyzed my life. And I've asked God for forgiveness if it was sin. And I've recognized that it's not sin. But now I recognize that my faith has to be tested. And so now I've got to now bring the motivation to make sure that this test, I can get through it. Which the greatest motivation is to know God. That you'll never give me more than I can handle. And I can do all things. What? I can what? Oh man, some of us are struggling. He knew who strengthens me. You see, brothers and sisters, we're here sometimes and we're so avoid. It's because we ain't got the word in us. We so just, we just so our heart is just taking us down path because we ain't got that word in us. We ain't fighting. We ain't fighting with the word. All we're doing is like what Paul said, beating our arms in the air, not accomplishing anything. But that word is going to do what? Go deep. When we find that word and that word's, and I love it, brothers and sisters, when we're, we're, we're in a desperate place and we find word that rebukes us. See, some of us try to find word that justifies us. Oh, man. I, I, again, I don't know. If it, some of us try to find word where it's like, it's Pharisee word. Well, this is the reason I, I did this. This is the reason I, you know, I judge righteously. The word of God says to judge righteously. That's why I made comments like Brother Gabe was talking earlier about, you know, about being condescending. But I call it being spiritually discerned. Call it whatever you want. You broke. You ain't happy. Start fixing things like that. You don't want to hear it, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it when I, when I hear it from people. It bothers me. I've had conversations with Gabriel. It's like, and I understand he's going through phases in life, and God bless him, because I went through it. I tell him, I don't even want to hear you right now. Get a close-up on Gabriel. Close-ups for everyone today. Right? Because it's condescending. But I got to make that known. And he could tell me that one day. Dad, I don't want to hear it because you're caught in the city. Because it happens. And those that love us must correct us. And I thank God for that in my life. Great news for Pastor. That scan came back good and clear. Man, that's good. Prayers work, brothers and sisters. He came back telling me, doctor said I can eat whatever I want. Hi! Come on, pastor, where we going? Is it Brother Lorenzo that only gets the invites? And Sister Liz. I want to go somewhere. Where we going? Where we're taking pastor? Uh, that to me sounds like an open invitation for anybody that wants to take pastor out somewhere. All right, pastor, you said that. Where we're taking him. God, help us, Jesus. Help us. We're so much into us. But we just can't enjoy each other's company and lives.
and the beauty of our brothers and sisters here. We're so much into us. We're so much into our priorities that we've lost fellowship. We're so much into us. Yeah, I went and uh, Brother Lorenzo asked me to go to Sister Athena's this week, and, and I was shocked. I was shocked. God was telling me, you know what? You need to cast out some spirits in this room. Is there still life there? But what's the spirit that's there? It's not wanting to let go of something right now. But we got to pray. My heart was broken. That's not who I remember. And I challenge you, Tina, if you're listening, and I know you are, because I heard that radio on. It's not late. It's not too late. The devil hasn't won. Though it seems everything is bleak and all this confusion is there, is blame the heart and not literally with physical necessities that you have in it, but how it dictated and it, and it guided you wrong at times and guides us wrong at times. We invest so much with our heart, brothers and sisters. I, I, I can think of the world and, 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 and I can say, you know, Gabriel, you know, I, I want to give you everything. I, I want to be. And he could come to a point in his life where he doesn't want anything. Be respectful of me. And I put all my heart in that. And I forsake God. At the very end. And I thank God because, you know, the relationship that I want to have with them is, look, I want to be friends, but I don't want to be too good of friends. Because I want God to use you. And I know the distance that I must be with my heart to you. So God can reach you. Because my heart will deceive me and make me think that I need to do something that God has not called me to do. Oh, you think it's easy, brothers and sisters? You think that this is, when I say this stuff, that God doesn't speak to me? And I'm grateful to see the journey he's headed on and hearing what God, hearing what God's putting in his heart. But God's got to, going to work with him. The moment I try to just like, oh, you know, I've got I've to step in and do these things. Uh-uh. God says, let me do this. You just be there and be ready if he asks you something. And I'm ready. And he's done that. But let's be ready to lead. Let's be ready to lead, I said, brothers and sisters. Amen. Proverbs 21, 2, Amen. 
every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Now, that's a version that's there. I'd like this version. It says the Lord weighs the heart. I'm not sure how it says it in Pesa. Uh, yeah, it says it in Spanish too. But weighing something, back then there was a value to that. I mean, everything was weighed. Grain was weighed. Gold was weighed. Everything was weighed. Weight had a measurement of value. It's still, things are still weighed today, but back then that's all they went by. And so when it says... But the Lord weigheth the heart. It's God that's getting your heart, putting it on the scale and seeing how balanced it is. Seeing if it's overly used by something. But it's God that's doing this. When we sit back and we say, God, you know what? I'm not feeling, I'm feeling spiritually sick. I feel like I'm catching a spiritual sickness here. God says, give me your heart. Here's why. Look what you're into. Look what you're doing. Look what you're not doing anymore. You remember when you used to sing? You don't sing anymore. You must be bitter. You remember when you used to just, you know, stand up and, and, and you, you wanted to be the first one, this, this, and now you're not the first one, this, and this. I'm weighing your heart right now and I'm telling you what's going on and you're not listening. You, you, you're breaking the wrong way. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Listen to this. If it comes in my heart, it's going to come out of my mouth. So if something's not coming out of your mouth, it hasn't reached your heart. Listen to this. It's simple. It's simple. If the word of God is not coming out here, it hasn't reached here. It's simple. You're not hearing it. It's too simple. It would solve problems right now. If you could just cleave to this. If it reaches your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. But what's coming out of your mouth is the, the despair, the fear. The anxiety, what's reaching your heart is going to come out. But if we trust in God and we say, God, I hear your word. I accept your word, Jesus. It's reaching my heart, Jesus. Then let your voice acknowledge it in praise. Let your voice acknowledge it. Amen. Problem is, oh, is that evil doubt and confusion. God can forget you. I can't forget you. I ain't going to forget you in moments that you need him. We go with just our limited faith and God, oh God, had a brain lapse when I needed him. No. God, God knows what he's doing in our lives in moments that we need him. And to show up in the perfect time. Like I said, God's working when he's not working. Because our faith is being worked on. What are you doing right now, God, when you're not doing anything? Wait a second, you're doing something in me. 
trusting more in you, God. I know I'm more in your hands. Acts 8.22, amen? Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. Brothers and sisters, look, we have got to get to a point to where our slip-ups and things that happen just become, become bumps on the road. We got to get to a point where we're not holding on to these things and we're not letting the devil remind us of these things. We got to stop letting the devil remind us of who we were before church and start reminding them of what we're going to be after church. You see, the problem is, is that we're so caught up in what our day was like. We're so caught up with what the moments coming into church were like that we're forgetting that it's as powerful as just repenting. Coming here with a contrite heart is what God cannot resist. You see, we keep on taking away power from him because we keep on seeing ourselves. Look at me. I look hurt. Do you see me? I look sad. So I want you to see that. So I need you to feel me. I was like, come on. Rebuke that spirit. The spirit ain't going to get you nowhere. The spirit ain't going to get you your blessing. That woe is me spirit is not going to get you that blessing. That fighting spirit of saying, God, bless me, God, bless me indeed. This is where the wisdom has to be asked from God. God, give me that wisdom. Give me that wisdom, God, because you got, you know, some of y'all got some fight in you. I don't want to even, I'm closing my eyes because I feel like people are going to be like, he was talking about me. Some of y'all got some fight in you. I mean, you just fight her naturally. What's your last name? <laughs> I always ask Sister Melbourne, what's the last name? Come on. Ar- Goyaso? Every time I hear that, I say, that's, man, that's like, and in this corner, we've got. Velma Coyaso. I can see it already. It's a fighting name. Don't give up. Because your house hasn't fallen. It's still up. It's still on a foundation. Don't let your heart deceive you, brothers and sisters. God loves you more than what you're going through. Amen. Second Timothy 2:22. Oh, I like this. Come on, young people. Young people that you just walked in. Second uh, Timothy 2.22, we see Paul talking to Timothy here, and he says, so flee also youthful lust. Oh, come on. How many young people here have lust? Oh, you don't even know what kind of lust I'm talking about because you think lust is like, no, I don't go to those sites. Well, that's easy. Lust is your heart guiding you into things. Lust is, like I used to say in youth, I said, lust is, I'm there helping my mom put things on the counter, and I see the Seventeen magazine, and I'm like, I don't look like her. God, God didn't make me perfect. Not seeing how perfect you are in God's eyes, and limiting God what he could do in you. Oh, youth, lust, flee from this. 
but follow, follow righteousness, faith. I like this one, brothers and sisters, because we're, we're a church, we're a small church, but we can be a giving church. Charity. You know, I keep on thinking, you know, right now, Rosa, you know, Donna, they're going through stuff. Right now, there's a need right now that the youth's wanting to do. It's summer, it's hot. It's hot, brothers and sisters. Some of you like to crack open, open a bottle of water and drink it when it's hot. Some people don't have that. We have an opportunity to do some stuff. We do, we do, we do. Don't get lost in your heart and thinking like, well, if we just do that stuff, they're going to keep on being homeless. Really? Don't let your heart deceive you. Because God wants to do something in you. Some of us, some of us, some of us, listen to this. Because the charity ones, it's losing you. Because it's not only talking to young people here. Charity right now, you can't, be, you can't be someone that wants to give when you're always wanting. Well, you, you, you missed that. You, you, you don't even get into the mind of giving because it's always what I need. So charity in your vocabulary because you ain't got space for it. Peace, young people, righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord <clears throat> out of a pure heart. Well, young people, Some of you guys have these moments where to grow together <clears throat> with other young people here in the church to pray for them. The relationships that God has given you, brothers and sisters, you have relationships here that God has given you that you're not nurturing and considering each other. Proverbs 21.2. I'm sorry, not Proverbs 21.2. Acts 28.27. For the heart of this people is waxed gross. <laughs> wow. And their ears are dull of hearing. It's interesting that waxed and dull of hearing is kind of like waxed ears, right? Kind of be waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their, what? And should be converted, and I shall heal them. Brothers and sisters, let's, let's think about this for a second. My, my ears, my eyes, and my heart are dictating, 
are dictating the effect of God's healing in my life? Are you listening to me right now? If you're struggling with something right now and you feel that you're not receiving the healing from God, look at self-diagnose yourself. My eyes, my ears, my heart. Everybody say it. My eyes, my ears, my heart. Come on, say it with me now. My eyes, my ears, my heart. Come on, believe it like you're going to say it. My eyes, my ears, my heart. It's pretty simple. Three things that affect God's healing. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What is my heart receiving? Because whatever I'm saying, whatever I'm doing, the log I'm bringing is showing what's here. Do we believe that God has the power? If we believe it and we, conf- and we confess it, then we must show it. I'm going to ask the group to pass on up. I'd like for all of us to stand up, brothers and sisters. We can go to uh, Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Like the version that I have here, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Your heart, your heart, listen to me, brothers and sisters, your heart, your heart, if your life ain't right right now, your heart ain't right right now. If your heart is struggling, then guess what? Your, your life's going to struggle because what's in your heart is what's going to be coming out of your life. What's in your heart right now? You, you know, you know, we're going to have an opportunity to come up here and just, just lay it down here. And, 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 you know, I'm going to ask everybody to come on up here and just, you know, let's kneel before God. And, 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 you know, we're, I'm going to sing this song right here. It's a song that, you know, I sang, we used to sing a lot here in this church and we're going to have an opportunity here just to, to pray to God here, brothers and sisters, while we're praying, listen to the words of this song right here. Speak to God right now, brothers and sisters, from your heart.